0: Welcome to Fly on the Wall Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Songson, CEO and founder of Church Boom. Here you get to sit in on a live coaching session as I coach pastors through the ministry challenges we all face. If you find this podcast helpful, please make sure to like, subscribe, and share. Hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast. Before we jump into it, just want to remind you that here at Church Boom, we are a ministry an organization that coach pastors and rescue churches. And if you need some help in any way, just visit churchboom.org. We're always here to help. Uh, And today I am so excited. I have my good friend, Pastor Eddie, uh, from New York on this uh, podcast today. We have an incredible conversation. Love diving into it with him on how do you structure your church and your staff for growth? It's a great conversation. Let's jump into it. How can I serve you? What's on your mind? Okay, well, basically, I'm
1: approaching it from a a 500, trying to break 500. Uh, We were already hitting up against it on uh, COVID, you know, before COVID hit. We were meeting in a big school, big auditorium. We had all the space we needed, and we were bumping up against 500. Now, currently, we're about at 300 with children, about 350. Uh, that's where we're at right now. And we have a lot of young people. Our church is 50 half about half are married, half are single, which reflects New York. Mm-hmm. Uh and and a lot of young people. I would say our average member uh is about uh young 20s, you mm-hmm. know, 20 25 years old. So based on that backdrop of trying to break where I was, uh my first question would be this on on a previous podcast you mentioned that quote you said if if they're volunteer directors of ministries versus staff you were you were speaking that so in a church where i'm at what is your picture of a staff i mean uh you know, and, and what should be my picture of a staff? When you say staff, are these just full-time people? Are they uh, uh, people that just do reports, financials, admins, stuff mm-hmm. like
0: that? Are they considered staff if they're mm-hmm. full-time? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great question. I don't, I don't think that uh, my personal opinion is, and the way that I've always operated is, I don't let money determine their position. I let their influence and ability determine their position. Uh, so, hey, this person is full time and gets X amount of dollars. Okay, they're full time staff. Okay, I guess that would be true. They are full time staff. Um, but do they have to be getting paid to be staff? My answer is no. Uh, I have a friend. I have a guy that I'm doing executive. We do a lot of executive coaching, and I'm doing executive coaching for this guy. One of his campus pastors that's doing really well isn't paid at all but the guy is owns all these businesses he doesn't need the money i mean whatever he would pay him wouldn't make any difference in his life so just because he doesn't need the money because he owns a ton of businesses and he's the campus pastor at a campus we're not going to call him staff just because he doesn't get a check that doesn't even that that to me wouldn't make any sense i think it's it is about the position that they hold the influence they hold where they're at so, uh, in, and I look at major departments. I look at youth, children, small groups, worship, assimilation. Those are the kind of things that I would look at, whether they're paid or, or not. It matters really what they're doing and the impact that they're having. Um, and as you grow, one thing for sure, Eddie, is as you grow, the structure has to change. So right now, it's probably Eddie and I'm just, you know, youth. Worship, pastor, director, whatever, children's director, assimilation, small groups, men's, women's, I don't know. Maybe there's seven or eight of you, nine of you, whatever. I have no idea. But it's you and them. And then eventually, that structure changes as you get bigger. So it's like, okay, now I need three people that work with me really close. And they become an executive team, and then I have the staff. Or they become a DLT, directional leadership team. Dlt Directional Leadership Team, or and then we have the rest of the staff. Like it, I'm not saying it's changing today, but as you grow, structure has to change. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? It can't. It can't be the same uh, as yeah, you grow.
1: It, it makes total sense, and I guess that's what I'm trying to make uh, articulate that in my mind. W- yeah. What you know, I know things need to change. The structure needs to change yeah you know uh but for example this would lead me to my next question yeah uh historically i've communicated and mobilized through small groups i consider ourselves a church of of small groups okay we've had effective small groups for many years and uh but what does communication look like i mean I'm not talking about social media or secondary means of communication mm. or even the services, because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's a small window. But right. how do you communicate? Like when we were when we were uh, portable, they would throw me out of a school last minute. So yeah. I had like sections of leaders over small groups, and with one text, I was able to communicate to my core. Yeah. so how does that look like in in a like in a bigger church you with all these campuses with yeah. communication how how does it happen
0: yeah well um you're talking specifically or it sounds like you're talking about internal communication we're not talking about the church so to make sure I'm clear are we talking about we're not talking about the church we're talking about more staff key leaders key volunteers is that what we're talking about or are we talking about the church as a whole we're talking about the church as a whole, oh the church as a whole, okay, yeah, like that the envisioning
1: the with the the mobilization you know, yeah. like how you know how do you mobilize you know when your structure's beyond five hundred,
0: yeah, sure, no completely uh you're gonna be relying a lot on as you grow, you rely a lot on. The key leaders, key key volunteers, key leaders and your staff, they've got to be carrying the same DNA and the same strength of passion uh, that you have. And so, you know, I mean, I'm not talking about making an announcement, but hey, even bigger than that, this is where the church is going. Here's what's happening next month. Here's why this is so important. Here's why we're having a vision Sunday. That's got to clearly that's got to come from you. But as you get. Down into the weeds, the the passion and the the heart, the passion, the culture, the drive. It's gotta it's gotta be carried out at the same level or close to uh, when you're talking about key leaders, key volunteers, and key staff. I always say culture is created at the top, sport at the bottom, but it's lost in the middle, and it gets lost in the middle with some with with. Key leaders that don't communicate the same passion, it's Vision Sunday, the same strength, the same urgency, the same priority. Passion, Eddie, has a way of getting diluted as it cascades down from the top. And part of your job or a big part of your job is always making sure that they are sharing it uh, and that they're holding it at the same level. So on one of the podcasts I talked about that culture has four levels. Uh, is that you know, the bottom levels? you know, you embrace, you defend, you multiply. And most churches live at know and embrace. So it's like, yeah, my team knows what we're about, and they embrace it. They're not against it. They embrace it. But to say that they defend it and multiply it, I don't know if that's necessarily true for a lot of churches. So think about it for a moment. You've got key leaders, key volunteers, key staff, whatever, They probably know what you're about. They probably embrace what you're about. They're not against it. But could we say that all of them defend it and they multiply it just as much as you multiply it? That's going to be the key because they're going to have to be carrying that out. They're going to have to be the ones that are that are helping that it's kind of like the the tribes in the old testament it's like there's a communication and then it goes down to the tribes and the tribe leaders had to speak these all these different tribes that were tribe of benjamin all the different tribes there were these leaders that were communicating and if you look if you study it it's kind of an interesting fascination because there was this idea of how how things were going to get communicated and i think it's the same thing with you it's it's we have to say okay if i'm at the top and yeah i'm the voice and i'm the, the i got to do vision sundays and i got to do all that but if if when you get down a level lower a level lower and they know it and they embrace it but they don't fend it defend it or multiply it then then I'm a recipient now I'm I'm pretending I'm an usher or a greeter at your church and your head greeter your head assimilation person whatever that's kind of over me or whatever kind of comes to me and says uh, we're doing this Sunday thing and the pastor says it's important <laughs> to me I'm like doesn't sound very important, (laughs) you know, versus, hey, there's this thing going on, man. We want everybody to be there because it's so important. I mean, we're excited about the future. Now I'm like, oh, this sounds pretty important. It's those conversations as they go down that become really, really important because the culture and passion are going to get diluted as it goes down if you're not careful. So making sure your key leaders and key volunteers and key staff are presenting things with the same passion, urgency, and culture that you're wanting it presented, that's how it gets handled. That's how it gets resolved.
1: Yeah. So I guess what I'm interpreting is that communication is more than words.
0: <laughs> well, it is, but yeah, they they've gotta they've gotta have the word, they gotta have the heart behind it. Uh, and that now that comes back down to the responsibility of you. Do the people that, that next level below you, you know, whatever you want to call it, do those people do they know your heart? Are they in? <clears throat> excuse me, they know your heart. They're in. They're like, man, we're all in and we get it and we have that passion. And, and that's really up to you to be able to, <clears throat> excuse me, be up to, to communicate that and for them to gain that passion. And I think that's when a leader has to look back and go, okay, I can't just be frustrated at this tier two group. I call it tier two, whatever, you know, leaders, volunteers, key staff. I got to look at me then I got to say, what is the disconnect? Because the burden of communication is always on the communicator. So right. where is the disconnect? What am I right. not saying? What am I not conveying? Um, and what am I not bringing to their attention? Where am I losing passion as a leader? Where Where is my clarity lacking? I think those things are so important.
1: Right. So then in redefining this team, that you gather with this top team. Yeah. How often uh not not just for vision casting, but to keep them in the loop, to keep the Y before them, uh, how often do you meet with them? Because that's been one of my challenges here. <clears throat>
0: that yeah.
1: I'm in a city that's very I mean, everybody's moving from point A to point B. Yeah. They get out of work at 5 p.m. and then they're on the subway for you know an hour. You yeah. know they sh- you know that's that's reality here. Yeah. Uh, mo- a lot of the people don't don't have vehicles. They don't need them here. They, yeah. You know they're on the subways. Yep. So when you have a very limited time with people that are key yep. but yet at the same time they're You know, they're key, but they're not as available, yeah. Even through Zoom, I'm talking about just time, you know, overall. Yep, Yep. uh, uh, what do you do in a context like that?
0: Yeah, no, that's a great, that's a uh, I think that's first, I think it's great that you have that observation and reality that hey, you got to call it what it is, you know, in LA. I live in Southern California. It's not that they're in the subway. they're just on the freeway for two and a half hours. so subway or freeway, they're still taking forever to get home. They don't even get home till seven o'clock, you know, and then they got to turn around and do it again the next day. Uh, <clears throat> now they're in cars, <clears throat> excuse me, but that's irrelevant. The fact is that they're not they're they're tra- they're in transportation mode from five to seven uh so that that becomes a challenge. I think that one, <clears throat> let's talk about your staff if they're getting paid part-time, whatever, I think to figure out a time where you guys can connect on a regular basis. If it was key, key staff members and they were getting paid, I'd want to meet with them weekly for sure. Uh, If they're more stipend level in a bigger group, so you kind of, maybe you call it kind of your department, maybe it's staff and then maybe it's department leads, kind of different title, this is staff and then we're having staff and department leads or however you want to do that. Um, I think Sundays after church might be your best bet since they're already there. Um, and then I would look at all volunteers and everything. I think I would look at all volunteers, all leaders. I would probably look at a quarterly thing every three to four months with all volunteers, all leaders, uh, your dream team, whatever you want to call it. So divide it between, man, I got these paid staff, then I got staff in all departments, Okay. Now they meet differently. They meet once a month. So it's like weekly, monthly, quarterly is the thing that I would try to do uh, in a situation where they are very, uh, you know, on subways and things like that. I think that, I, again, I, 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 to me, it never matters when you meet, just a matter of the fact that you do have to meet. You got to connect. Uh, and, and, Maybe Sundays is your best bet. I don't know. You know, you know your you know your culture and you know your your uh, region and area better than I would for sure. But um, you have to meet. Uh, but if they're there on Sunday and you're able to provide some childcare and throw out some pizza and have a one hour meeting, that might work for a lot of people. It's like, well, right. my kid's getting fed, I'm getting fed. We're already here anyway, uh, so let's just stay an extra hour. It's the way that I would probably take it. I know that. <clears throat> In downtown L.A., we have a campus, and a lot of stuff happens Sunday after church. Because try to pull it off on a Monday night, it's just not going to happen.
1: Right, so,
0: right. Yeah, so I get well, that. I get it. It's kind of the same thing-ish. You know, it's somewhat the same thing when you get in downtown L.A. It's not like New York. It's very different, but the 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 time frames are the same. They still struggle with, you know, all, all the other stuff. So having Monday night meetings is just not going to happen. Yeah, and then sometimes you get them, but they're
1: like at their they're at the end. They're, oh, they're yeah, they're exhausted. They're gonna,
0: they're- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yep. For sure. That's good. That's good. It's good observation. So that's the way I think I would look at it. But but you do need to make sure you do need to make sure that you're communicating with them regularly. Uh, also, think about vision moments that you could do uh, vision moments are maybe a two minute video on your phone that you could send out to people weekly, you know, that they'll listen to that. They'll watch that on the subway. They'll watch that, you know, coming home from work. It's just two, two minutes from you, three minutes from you, you know, it's like, you know, uh, Mondays with pastor Eddie or Friday with pastor Eddie or something like that. And you do a little two minute thing. Hey guys, man. And what I would do in those things is I would do a quick celebration and whatever quick information they need to know. Hey, guys, hope you're having a great week. Just want to let you know, man, this past week we saw 18 people give their life to Christ. Or, hey, this past week I got to talk to a couple that was struggling, blah, blah, blah. Their life got turned around. You know why that's happened? Because of people. Because of you. Thank you for what you do. Uh, you guys are amazing. We couldn't do these amazing stories without you. And then also just want to remind you that we're, all right, man, Let's keep, let's keep driving. Let's keep making a difference. I love you guys. Praying for you. Always here for you. At least there's this constant communication coming from you. people are more likely to quickly watch that video than read an email uh, so that might be one thing that you do it's a quick email for it's a quick video of you. and it's not professional it's just you hold up your phone and you talk and do two minutes and send it out to everybody in, in a group in a group uh, setting it's however you however I'm just maybe that's the staff maybe that's to key leaders maybe you do it separately I don't know but that's another way to communicate, and at least you're dripping vision, and you're dripping celebration because that's an important thing. They gotta know why they're volunteering, working, helping, being a SAP member. Those stories matter, and so when you're telling those stories quickly once a week on a video, um, you know, and then you can get creative. If it's ah, maybe someone comes sees you in your office, and and uh, you know, new volunteers signed up couple, you know, maybe you're just like, hey, I'm sitting here with Tom and Linda and they just uh, signed up. Uh, Tom, Linda, how long have you been going to the church? Oh, we've been coming here for about a a year. Man, our life got turned around, da, 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 da. And now we're volunteering and man, we thought we were going to do a divorce and now we're not and praise God. And then you back to yourself and you're like, guys, I just wanted to hear that story real quick, man. If you see them, high five them. This is why we do what we do. Man, I'm right. telling you, bro, that will keep vision alive. Vision is told through stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just stated values on a wall. It's stories that, in, that support the values on the wall.
1: Right, right, right.
0: So the stories are important, and you can do those. Yeah, you can that's do those. very <clears throat> enlightening, that that vision moments. I like Yeah, that. do a vision moment. So in a vision moment, it can change it all the time. Celebration's a big one. Quick story, celebration. A little bit of insight. Hey, don't don't forget this, that, and the other thing. Or hey, man, just a reminder. Two of our values are blank and blank. Let's be that this week at work, you know, and let's be that in our life, you know, whatever. And two minutes, you know, hundred seconds, hundred seconds with uh, with Pastoretti. You know, come up with a little creative name and just make it quick and to the point. They'll watch it. Right. I mean, they'll watch it. Sent to their phone, they'll watch it. So, wow. just, the, okay. so I, I would, I, I would definitely have your regular meetings, but then I would have vision moments that are convenient.
1: Right, right, right. Okay. okay. Yeah. What else you got? Okay. Uh, another question here again is: uh, you speak about the corporate average, right? Like, yep the the people right next to you so in a in a context where a lot of your people are either not natural leaders or capacity i'm talking about just capacity Mm -hmm. you know where you realize that just the capacity they have a lot of heart yeah you know but the capacity uh um what do you, what is a tip in a, in a context like that? Like yeah. where, where you're leading people that naturally want to be led.
0: <clears throat> yeah. You know, they, sure.
1: they they don't, they don't want to lead.
0: No, I get it. I get it. Um, a couple thoughts that, uh, that I would say to that. And and I've been in that context before and I've worked with a lot of guys in that context, you know, uh, capacity is just not there. You know, their trajectory of that is not there. Uh, but, uh, with that said, when I talk about corporate average, now, one thing is for sure, when I talk about corporate average, I'm not talking about 28 people. I'm talking about three, you know, uh, three or four people that are closest to you. Uh, your need, Eddie, you're a great leader, you're doing a great work, but your need to have three people next to you. Now, I'm not talking about your wife, I'm not talking about I'm talking about three and obviously your wife, but but three people that are not related to you in that way, but are man, my 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 executive pastor, my associate pastor, or three associate pastors, my DLT, my my lead team, whatever you want to call it. Um, those three people, the higher the level, one, you want to get the highest level people around you, and then two, you want to help grow them in their level. So if they come in as a six, can we get them to an eight? Now, I understand, hey, I got 300 people, in my, 300 adults in my church. But I got to believe there's three or four that um, that you could bring in close to you. So when I say corporate average, isn't corporate average up with you and 28 people. It's corporate average between you and three people. Mm. Okay. And got then that. now you've got, you know, let's say that your team is sevens and eights. I got four people, three people. Pastor Eddie, and I got three people next to me, and we're all sevens and eights or whatever. Okay, now, how do we work with the people below us that are only threes and fours? Can we get them to a five? How are we going to get them to a five? I got to believe that there are, I think, uh, regardless of the area of of the United States or anywhere in the world, there's just natural leaders and people that are maybe not as natural in their leadership. You got to find them and you got to get them on your team. That team of three or four, they got to be developing leaders. So you're developing the three or four, and then those three or four are developing people up, and but they have to have a plan. Developing isn't just uh, okay. You're now in charge of the nine o'clock usher department. <laughs> you know, like okay, go go, ush. You know, or whatever you say. <laughs> you know, it's like well, that. That's not. It's like what are what are these guys? Are they going to take them through a book? Are we going to sit and go through a book? I don't know. Are we gonna, how are we going to develop these guys? There's got to be, that's why we talk about it on, like on Church Boom University, um, there's the leadership ladder. So it's always like you can learn about the leadership ladder. I think your guys need to be bringing people up to that next level. So look at your top three or four, get them to be sevens or eights, and then get them to work with other people and start bringing them up. Your ability to get to five to seven to eight will highly be dependent on the level of leadership you can bring people up to because mm-hmm. every church grows to the level of the pastor's personality and then after that it has to change it start because once you get past personality now it comes to two other things personnel and processes strategy it changes so it's like man Eddie's a great guy, people love him, he can get the church to 200 to 300, people love that guy, you know, whatever, whoever the pastor is, but at some point, it's like, this is going to happen, every time it does, so then i am saying, okay, now you did all you could with your personality, now let's look at personnel, I'm not talking about paid people, just like, what I mean by that is just like staff members, key leaders, the three or four around you, your people closest to you. Are we raising up other leaders Are new leaders coming up? It will come down to that ability of who do we have that's growing in the personnel, like leaders, volunteer leaders, all that, like who's coming up and then processes. Okay. That's all of our systems and our strategy. What do we do with first time guests? How quickly are we engaging people? Those two things will dictate past personality. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You, you will grow to the level of the pastor's personality every church does and some of that will be 50 some of that will be a couple few hundred but if you're going to grow to the 5 to the 7 to the 1000 it's going to go way past one man's personality it's going to go into much greater things everything's got to change right, that's why people right. that's why pastors get stuck bro is because it's like dude I'm get this thing to 150 and I can't seem to break it and I'm like cuz you're doing the same thing you're relying on your personality you have natural energy people like you you're you know you're you're contagious you're passionate you're gravitational you're attractional to 150 or to 200 or to two, whatever the number is but then after or maybe you got a couple of little leaders in place but at some point this is going to happen and then you go to personnel your, t- your people on your team, not paid people, just people on your team. Are they raising up leaders? Do we have true leaders? Are we intentional about raising leaders? And then we got to start questioning all our strategies and systems. Are we getting people from point A to point B? Are we able to get people from point A to point B? All that stuff. Like how do we, get, how do we engage people? How do we follow up first-time guests? How are we growing volunteer teams? Like that's all your strategy and your systems over here. So personnel and processes, all that changes.
1: Right. Because so you would, would say, yeah. in, in uh, you you previously recommended me, which I got into that book, The Who Before The What. Before How?
0: The,
1: uh, how. Who Before How, yeah. That's right. In, uh, but would you say from personality, personnel, and processes, are they in that order of importance? Or I would, would say, processes and and uh, personnel align? The, the, yeah,
0: I would start working on... I, I think that personality comes natural. We're gonna do that no matter what. There's no there's no order to that. But when right. you start looking at personnel and and processes, I think they go hand in hand. Well, I've got all these leaders, but man, we our processes stink. We don't follow up with people, we don't engage people quickly, we don't have this what's what I call the speed of engagement. Or, man, we got the speed of engagement we got to this, but Man, we don't have any leaders that are leading this. So it's like we're building this thing over here with no leaders. or we got all these leaders, but we don't have this thing we've built. <clears throat> and that's why uh, another way of looking at it and that's a lot like that's another way of saying it is uh, it's like a train. you know, I don't know if you've heard me use this analogy before, but you know I've been to I've been to Japan and I've been on the bullet train and it goes 300 miles an hour. It's crazy. But if you take that 300 mile an hour bullet train in Tokyo, Japan and pick it up and take it to Texas and put it on some old Western train track built in 1870, it's not going to go 300 miles an hour. Think about it for a minute. The train can go 300 miles an hour. It's got the engine to go 300 miles an hour. It was built to go 300 miles an hour, but it won't because the track won't allow it. Now let's move that to church. The size and speed of your church will always be determined by its structure and its strategy. So, hey, I want to go 300 miles an hour. Pastor Eddie says, "I want to go 300 miles an hour." I know you do, but the tracks that you're on, it won't allow it. So you got to change everything. You got to change, man. I got to change personnel, how we're developing leaders. That structure, and then I got to think about the processes, that strategy. I got to think about all that. Like, are we raising up leaders? Are we developing leaders? Do we have high level leaders? Are, do we are we intentional about it? Are we just leaving it to chance? And then, what about our strategy? So the size of your church, the speed of your church will be determined by its structure and its strategy. It can't it wants to go 300 miles an hour, but it won't on the wrong tracks. Right? Wow that's So then that has to change. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Totally.
1: Totally. Well, man, hey,
0: I, uh, I see our time is coming to an end. I, I got to jump. But, uh, man, it is awesome to be able to talk with you. I'm so proud of everything you're doing there in Brooklyn, New York. And, uh, man, God's doing awesome things in you, man. It really is awesome. But Thank uh, you. And next always... time
1: you're around here, you know, let's go gotta, see a game. I, I <laughs> like, oh, yeah,
0: come on. We're going to yell. You got to yell with that thick <laughs> New York accent. That way it comes across authentic. <laughs> 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 I appreciate you, buddy. Good to see you, man. All right. Take care. Have have an awesome day. Thank you for tuning in to the fly on the wall podcast. We hope today's episode provided you with some practical steps to lead your church to the next level. If you found this episode helpful, take a moment to leave us a review and share it with others. Remember when the pastor grows, the church grows and we grow pastors. We love you. We're your raving fans and we are cheering you on. See you next week.